opening start has a beautiful conclusion. 62 yards. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time to talk a little college football. And as we've said all week long, what a fantastic slate we have. And we've talked about the marquee games involving Colorado, Oregon. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State. We've talked about all those all week long. So in case you've missed any of those conversations, please go back to our earlier podcast episodes wherever you podcast. So now we're going to talk about some of our other favorite plays for a jam-packed Saturday for week four. And let's go ahead and start with Utah and UCLA. And as Brett McMurphy tweeted out earlier in the week, With Utah moving from a a four-and-a-half-point favorite to a six-point favorite, though it is five-and-a-half at BetMGM, keep that in mind, it appears quarterback Cam Rising will return Saturday versus UCLA. Utah coach Kyle Whittingham said Rising was a full participant in practice last week without contact. Rising hasn't played since tearing his ACL in the Rose Bowl. And so, Joe, when we look at this game, what sticks out to you? I mean, that's it. That's where the story starts. What about rising? Where, so from a point spread perspective, were they playing this in the middle at four and a half where it was sitting most of the week? Or where is it now? Is this a rising in number? Or is this still a little bit leaning towards him playing but not quite sure? Whittingham's going to tell us nothing. I mean, he basically announced that earlier in the, earlier in the week. Like, yeah, you're not going to get any updates. We're not going to tell you. That's how they roll. That's how they roll. Probably Saturday morning, we'll have no idea whether Cam Rising is going to play or not. So we're at five and a half at MGM. Most of the market is at six. I'm expecting him to be out there. And it is a massive, massive difference if Rising is in that game. We talked about it so much uh, with the season opener ahead of that Florida matchup. But for me... Um, you know, UCLA was able to take them down. That was a very different situation a year ago. The players have changed. We know good and well about that. Um, I'm, I'm only looking to Utah. Now, if you're thinking Ryzen is going to play, I would bet this now, if that's the way you're leaning, because once it gets announced, this number is going to go. I'm with you. I really like Utah. If you look at it, so UCLA barely beat Coastal Carolina in week one, scoring just 13 points on three possessions in the fourth quarter. Then they beat uh, San Diego State 35-10, to 10, and then North Carolina Central. I mean, who are these teams? Compared to the teams that Utah has played and beat without Cam Rising, I think this will be a tough, tough test for UCLA and it does I just have a feeling Rising's gonna play and if he does I'm with you I'm betting Utah on the side here I think I am worried about looking at too much data when it comes to UCLA because they treated the season opener as almost a preseason game because they weren't exactly sure who the starting quarterback was going to be, tried out different guys, tried out different situations, and now it looks like the train's back on the tracks. But even though the strength of schedule has been relatively weak for UCLA, they've almost treated it as such. So now I think they're taking this seriously. So it's one of those weird deals where – you got to put the number somewhere, right? But I don't know mm-hmm. how much you can trust what we've seen from UCLA up to this point. 
I think this might be, because of that, a Chip Kelly game where he just throws the kitchen sink at Utah, where he does all sorts of funky things offensively that we are not expecting, that we didn't think they would even dare to attempt with such youth uh, in that offense. But it's still, though, you know they're practicing, you know they're preparing for such things. So I think Chip Kelly's got a little something up his sleeve against this vaunted Utah defense. So the total is 52.5, which seems like a high number when you're not sure what to expect out of UCLA and you like that Utah defense. But to me, that could be fairly sharp. I think UCLA plus 5.5 is probably the play I'm more comfortable with because we're just not sure what to expect out of the Bruins, Joe. And if you're referencing last year when UCLA put up 42 on this defense, and by the way, this the, the home field for Utah is pretty significant. DTR, that was the five-touchdown game. It was a five-touchdown game. Charbonnet, almost 200 rushing yards. He's obviously in the NFL now. Like The personnel change, it's, yeah, it's not the same situation. Rising had a couple of turnovers in that game. I expect him to be out there. Uh, yeah, I, I feel comfortable laying it with the Utes in the spot. No, I think that's fair. Okay, so now let's go around the horn and look at some of the other college football plays that we like. And Joe, uh, how about you kick things off for us? What game that maybe we haven't gotten to or something that is a marquee contest that you are most adamant about that we need to bet on? You know, I feel I, I've taken a closer look at Florida State Clemson. And, you know, part of me, I, I was trying to check myself. I'm like, am I holding on to my priors too much? Because I liked Florida State before the season started. And I felt really good about the LSU after week number one. And the more I dive into this game, and I've heard a lot of people that I respect that like Clemson. So that made me go back. Like, am I missing something? And I still feel comfortable with Florida State. And I like it that the numbers – uh, come down a little bit. Now, the Jordan Travis question, that's going to linger. I don't know that we're going to get complete clarity on that one by the time this one kicks off uh, 11 a.m. my time uh, coming up tomorrow. But Klubnik has struggled against pressure. And the offensive line, not a strength for Clemson. And we're talking about going up against this Knowles front. I think the, that matchup, kind of flying under the radar. We aren't talking about it as much because of the Travis injury or or whatever it is, what he's dealing with, lingering. But that made me feel better about Florida State. I'm sticking with the Knowles in this one, but I will say a lot of people I respect, including you, Ed, you're you're on the Clemson side, uh, do think that they've figured something out offensively since that embarrassing Duke opener. I like it. I was looking at a Pac-12 matchup between Oregon State and Washington State. The Cougars in Mm. Pullman. Cam Ward playing well. And the thing for me in this one is, are you laughing? I see About what? I don't know. Why would we laugh? Beavers? Is that what it is? I know he's laughing. (laughs) Oh, oh, good grief. (laughs) I did not. Okay. Whoa. I I wasn't laughing at the Cougars or the Beavers. Okay. Go ahead. Yes, no. so when the Beavers are at the Cougars. No. Uh, I really think DJ Stop. has been – we've been talking about this game, even with some of our guests this week. He's been inconsistent this season. And because mm-hmm. this number's at three, and I know Pullman is a very tough place to play, I think I might just go with Washington State plus three as the home dogs here. Washington State put together an eight and five – 
ATS record last year. This is a scrappy team. I like it when they are underdogs, which they are in this situation. The, the thing is, this could also be an under game as both quarterbacks are kind of figuring things out. Oregon State does have the advantage with their offensive line and their defensive line. But I just think this is going to be a close game. And I think the Cougars, I considered the money line, but I'll take the Cougars plus three in this Pac-12 matchup. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, full disclosure, funny thing happened to me yesterday. So every Thursday I'm on the big 870 WWL in New Orleans uh, talking to our dear friend Mike Dettelier and every now and again Bobby Bear. And we always talk LSU every single week. Got to, right? Got to mm. talk about the Bayou Bengals. And I committed both sides-ism, which I absolutely hate doing. But sometimes you get stuck in this in the betting world, right? Where you talk up one team, all these wonderful accolades, all these wonderful things, but then the number is just too big and you're trying to figure out logically how do you explain something. And that's exactly what happened to me, and I was so embarrassed by it, where LSU is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite against Arkansas, and Jaden Daniels looked outstanding against Mississippi State. Aaron, you were definitely all over this one when it came to how well LSU was going to perform after that season-opening loss. Just a fantastic outing. And what was one of the big questions we had about Jaden Daniels? Could he be accurate down the field? Well, that completion percentage was darn close to 100%. Absolutely outstanding offensive outing there. And I kept talking him up and talking him up and talking him up. And I'm like, uh, but this number's too big. I got to back the hogs here. Because even though K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas didn't look 100%, he may not be quite healthy. He does get an extra week to kind of get ready for that LSU pass rush. And especially with the hook at 17 and a half, I'm going to back Arkansas in this one, even though LSU has really impressed me. Totals 55 and a half. If you went over, I think that's fine. The over did hit for LSU Mississippi State last week. I was on that one as well. Over is probably good here as well. But I think backing the Hogs at 17 and a half makes some sense here, Joe. Okay, very good. Um, I want to revisit something that we talked about with Thor, and I was just like, in, I was in shock when when he went there. He picked Alabama to lose straight up, and mm -hmm. it's now inside of a touchdown. I don't recall the last time everybody was selling Bama this hard. Does anybody? Like, I I'll I know there's an element of wanting them to lose and sick of the saving stuff, but now with back to back somewhat poor performances i mean it feels like people are taking a look at that team that scored a field goal in the first half and saying that's what they are that's what bama is or maybe it's what they want bama to be do we really think they're not going to figure this out do, is that is that what's happening here because i think they are they will and i know it, it felt very desperate to now already throw three different quarterbacks in there and i could have told them that the tyler buckner uh thing was not going to work that that's probably a really bad idea <laughs> i watched too much of that excuse me coach um yeah that, that's that's not going to work for you but and I, I i love the rivalry another god i wish this wasn't the same time as the colorado game it's going to have to you know split my attention here but at six and a half i just have to fade i'm not fade i have to take bama i i have to at six and a half and the market split on that right now between six and a half and seven are you guys this is a tough it? one. Mm -hmm. 
I love your argument, and I, I see that it seems like people probably have some Alabama fatigue, you know, and maybe in a hater-type way would like to see them continue to hater. struggle. But it is it is hard to go against a Nick Saban team and think that they're not going to get things together. Uh, the secondary has been terrible. The offensive line hasn't been very good. I mean, they've got problems all over the place, Alabama does, yeah. so I don't know how quickly they can clean it up. I think you're right. Eventually they will. I'm probably going to pass because I'm not sure if it's this game. I don't know, Ed. What say you? I don't have a play on this one, but I will say this. Alabama is still recruiting as well as any program in America. Look at those recruiting rankings over the last few years. I don't buy into the argument that offensive line stinks and secondary is terrible, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe just need some time to develop. Every additional game, they can get better. And that's the thing with head coaches. The best ones develop talent. It is not this consistent thing from season beginning to season end. Nick Saban is going to coach him up. It's as simple as that. And so if I do have a play on this one, Joe, I'm with you. I think Alabama is the side here. I know Paul disagrees. He took plus seven with Ole Miss. But to me... These guys are just too talented, and they're coached just too well. I don't think Saban has lost his fastball. I think they're just fine, Paul. Does that show up in the second half, though? Because, like, that's where Bama's athletes, and, like, they can run you over and just take it to you in the second half. Like, is there a way to play? Because that's what we saw against USF, which, let's face it, is not in the same class as Alabama, but kept it close for a half, 3-3 at the half. So is that mm-hmm. is there a first half play there with Ole Miss? Is that the better play, or if it's close at halftime, is it like a live line situation or Bama second half? Like, how do you take advantage yeah. of Alabama still recruiting as good as they ever have and having the better athletes on the field? But Lane's and you got the rivalry aspect too. Lane Kiffin against Nick Saban and Lane's taking shots this week, saying the defensive. Oh my god! Well, it's if you look at it, right. these aren't actually his. Like someone else is actually calling the. Do you see what he just, tweeted? Do you see what he tweeted? No. Mm-hmm. no. He tweeted a, here for a, a, a deep cut, a Taylor Swift song. He tweeted the video Uh-oh. of castles crumbling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> love it, right? So like, he's going to pull out all the stops. He's going to pull out all the stops, but I also feel like we've seen, like, it's not like the first time he's ever faced Bama, you know? Like, right. He's, he's in the he's hype so game, good. which I love. Yeah. I took the too. seven, but. Okay. Yeah. To, to answer your question, though, I would be careful with a first half number, but a quarter number at Ole Miss Plus, I think that's fine, but it's possible those better athletes show up in the second quarter. I would be careful when that happens, but can Ole Miss get off to a good start? Absolutely. I think that's possible, but I know it's persnickety. First quarter, I think, is fine. First half, I would be cautious of. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's the two middle. All of our favorite prop plays for the weekend in rapid fire form. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.